0: Hey everybody, how's it going? Uh, First episode of On Target and Inebriated. You might be wondering what the fuck's going on, and if you're here, you're probably here from MoGun's cross-promotion, or Guns, Gear, and Beer cross-promotion. I'm joined by my co-host, Derek. How's it going, Derek? Hey! Glad we're finally doing this. Absolutely. Um, The point of this podcast is to have individuals on who have had semi-remarkable or remarkable careers in the United States military or may currently still be in the United States military. And because of that, we have a blanket policy to keep their identities redacted. Um, But different to every other podcast that, you know, has special operations guys on or or former members of very cool units on is that we're going to actively talk about the dumb shit that takes place. And in theme, and keeping in theme with the actual title of this podcast, uh, we'll we'll be drinking a little bit while we're doing it. Derek, what are you drinking tonight? Um. And at the moment, I have I have a diet Mountain Dew. Wow. Man, living up to the man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Johnny. Uh, let's you know let's go ahead and introduce our first guest. Our first guest is uh, for this podcast at least is a former member of a nondescript light infantry unit within the United States Army. He went to sniper school and he deployed twice to what was it, Afghanistan?
1: Uh, the 2008 Iraq troop surge, and I did the 2010 2011 Afghan troop surge
0: okay um, member of a, a sniper platoon for both of those deployments. And uh, what are you drinking tonight?
1: Uh, I'm having I'm having Shinerbach and uh, just to do a quick correction. I was I was a rifleman in my first deployment in okay. Iraq and then I joined the uh, recon platoon in 09 and then they sent me to sniper school and all that good stuff. And then in Afghanistan, I was a uh, sniper sniper team leader.
0: Fantastic. Gotcha. So how long did you spend in the military?
1: Uh, so i did five years 17 weeks
0: that's that's a very specific answer um
1: <laughs>
0: is I'm, I'm guessing at the time 17 weeks was the time of entry uh infantry i was it was the...
1: uh yeah so okay adding i guess like 30th ag weeks onto it too so but uh yeah that was the original contract or whatever
0: so let's, let's kind of get a, a brief rundown of your time in the military. You, you joined in mid two thousands ish and, uh, you went immediately to your first unit. Um, so you joined during the surge, correct?
1: Yeah. So I graduated high school, May '07, And then, um, I went to boot camp in July of '07, and then, um, finished that up. And then I went to my unit, um, And late November, oh, beer's coming back. And um, basically by January, the end of January, early February, I was in Iraq. So I immediately got to my unit and they said, fuck you, you're going. And I was like, all right, cool. And then they sent me over.
0: We were having a conversation about this yesterday, where the turnaround time during the peak of GWAT for guys going to basic training and then through AIT or in your case OSIT and then getting to their unit and deploying was fucking outrageous. If you talk to the, some of the guys who were in Ranger Regiment back in those days, they were like getting to their unit and immediately getting on a C-130.
1: Yeah, I believe it because it's like because back then too, like every unit was basically year on year off. Okay, so like you would come back. And you'd have maybe like 90 days, 120 days where it's like, all right, fucker, if you're going to go to a school, you know, here's your chance, go. But, you know, guys are balancing that with like their families like, well, fuck, man, I've been gone a year already. I got to hang out with the wife. But you know how the military is. It's like, you know, fuck that, you know, fuck your wife. Everybody else has already been doing it. You know, go to whatever school you want to, forge your career. And they, um... but if you didn't do it in that time frame, you were already prepping for the next deployment. So you're getting ready to go to like JRTC or NTC and then after you do that, it's like pre-deployment prep where you just lay out the same Tricon over and over again for months on end, and then, and then you're deployed again. And it's just a vicious cycle, basically.
0: Yeah, it seems like the op tempo back then was pretty ridiculous when I I joined in 2016, and then my first deployment was in 2018 um, over to Iraq. And we had so much time to like actively prep for that deployment. Like We had, fuck, I want to say it was like G, uh, June-ish of 2017 is when I transferred over to um, a uh, Intel unit in order to actually deploy over to Iraq. And fuck, man, we had over half a year because I, I got you know into my unit in, in June of 2017. Everybody already knew, hey, we're going to deploy. And then it took, yeah, until February, for, yeah, late February of 2018 for me to actually get over there to to do my job. Um, which in yeah. reference for people who are wondering, uh, I, I was nothing. I was nobody cool. I didn't do anything super interesting. I spent debatable six years in the army as an Intel guy. I had Some interesting experiences. I got to work with some cool people, but I'm not gonna be able to, you know, spend a bunch of time talking about blasting people in the face with like a, with a SR 25. Wow. I'm gonna be like, yeah, we
2: Manage General of... Miller smelled. What kind of cologne did he use? Was he an Armani <laughs> kind of guy?
0: Oh, no, man. I don't know, man. I feel like General Miller just, boss He he worked out, and his natural mat- musk was a mixture of of tobacco and bourbon.
1: <laughs> I was in with... I had Stan the Man McChrystal or whatever, but when he took over, he basically tried to take the war away from Force Com and give it all to SOCOM. I wish those guys were paying the fucking price for it, but...
0: It's, <laughs> I mean, look uh, at the attrition rates of of SOCOM. They're doing so good right lot.
1: now. So... A lot of people don't know this, but it was like 2010 was the bloodiest years of the Guat. Like, that's including like the 04 and stuff when they retook Fallujah and shit like that. Like, 2010, we had the highest casualty rates in the US military since Vietnam. Wow. And like, one of my buddies or whatever who was with the regiment at the time that was deployed, his battalion, they had such a high casualty rate that they basically rewrote the book on how to deploy a ranger company. Like, they were taking guys. They didn't, they had so many platoons, I say so many platoons, like there's so, like there's a lot, but like they had a couple of platoons that were combat ineffective, they were just combining people, and they were still going out every night doing hits, and they were still using like the same landing zones and shit, and That's, guys were still oof. getting fucked up.
0: Wait, when you get to that like the point like combat ineffective, oh yeah, like,
1: that, combat ineffective
0: you know, like, in under US doctrine is what, like under 75% total non-wounded?
1: And it's, so here's the thing though, like, I'm not sure what it is for SOCOM, but I know like force com units, that's what it is. But like, I don't know if like with regiment or something, it's like, nah, fuck you, man. Like if you're 10% effective, you're going. But um, they, <laughs> man, they got messed up a lot. And my buddy too, we were actually in the same battle space um, at one time and we didn't even know it. Like we were both in uh, Konduz, Afghanistan in 2010 and we were the first conventional unit to go up there.
0: Because all that had is a been there. Fucking shithole.
1: So, like, I mean, there's a there was a there's a lot of fucking bad guys there, but like, um, <laughs> all that had been there before was like a German reconstruction team. Uh, the CIA had been up there doing shady shit. Uh, they've had Ranger platoons go up there and uh, ODA teams, and then also Deltas or whatever people call them nowadays. They uh, rotate in and out of there. So we were actually on like one of the same fucking missions. Um, They were, you know, Rangers doing secret squirrel shit and stuff. And we're out there just kind of like walking around like a fucking bull in a China factory, just like running into literally every bad guy and just getting shot at like at one point, I guess we were all like in the same engagement and didn't even know it. And then me and him actually ended up becoming friends on Facebook. So we were both uh, like internet terrorists in like 2013. <laughs> nice. And, uh, he, he had like a super fucking cool page, you know. It's not up anymore, but it was just like uh it was ran by regiment guys. But it was a lot of just like war pics that you can't Google. Like it was like a bunch of unseen shit before. And I was like, Yo, this page is you no know, dope. And I was on a page at the time that had a shitload of followers. And I'm not gonna say it because the page was in, you know, like the Army Times, Marine Corps Times, and shit <laughs> like that for a while. And uh, I was just like, Dude, y'all's page is kind of cool, man. Do you care if I share you? And he was like, yeah, man, you know, and we ended up talking and, um, he was a sniper in regiment too. And we just kind of going back and forth, you know, just kind of talking about, you know, oh, when were you deployed, man, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it turns out, yeah, that we were like in the same battle space and stuff. And then he was like, I live, you know, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah city. And I was like, holy shit, dude, that's like an hour from me. And he was like, yeah, no shit, man. And like, that's how we just ended up being friends and hanging out. But he was actually... Um, uh, one of the guys, like, they flew over my fob. They were all little birds and stuff, and they were going back over to their fob, which is like the CIA compound. And yeah. you know, they flew over there, like, flipping us off and stuff. And I was like, Yeah, I get it. I was like, I wish I were you. I was like, That's cool, man. <laughs> and so is, uh, we would.
0: Is, is this somebody that, uh, that Derek and I both know? Uh, yeah. Okay. So,
1: um, and then we would pass their convoy too, and their gunners would, like, flip us off and stuff. And I'm like, All right, that's cool. You know, we'd flip them off back. And, um, but that was like literally him. That was like his group, and I was like, "No shit, man!" I was like, "We're within literally like fifteen feet of each other at any given point. We didn't fucking know it." So
0: that's that's some wild shit, man. I was I was listening to a podcast recently, um, mm-hmm. with uh, somebody who was in the same platoon as him, and they brought up a story regarding him, uh, the the one where he got uh, awarded a, a specific medal that should probably be a little bit higher than it's it currently is. And it's like, I heard the story, I'm like, God damn it. I know who I know who you're talking about. Fucking small world. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's crazy, too. He could put in the lat long and he can actually see, you know, like. God damn. But um, oh, yeah, dude, it's like it's fucking wicked. And then, uh, you know, like nobody, nobody knows who I am or anything or whatever. But like, I ended up I'm a fireman. But like, I told him that I was going to do that. And uh, he was like, dude, (laughs) he's like. Not, not to sound like a little bitch, he's like, "Well, I'm terrified of fucking fire, and it was because you know that experience that he had, you know, with his fucking burning alive and everything." Yeah. And you know, instead of saying I understand, I'm like, "Ah, yeah, you're just being a giant pussy, dude. Whatever, fucking deal with it."
2: So,
1: <laughs> but uh, no, man, he's a he's a dud dude. He uh, because I and when I first met him in 2013, um, he was kind of in like a death spiral, yep. I would call it, um, because he had just got out, had a lot of issues. Uh, just mentally, you know, I mean, obviously, man, if you if you're in regiment, Pequot, you know, you've you've done stuff, like, you've done a lot of things, you know, the premier workhorse of, you know, SOCOM, and he just had a lot of issues, he got out and was kind of, you know, the whole adjustment thing we all had to do, where it's like, you're somebody, and then suddenly you're thrown back into the wild in the civilian world, and now you're just another dickhead, you know, and he, um like, Pretty, pretty sure he's pretty close to, you know, offing himself being a statistic and stuff like that, but he uh, kind of, we hung out together and stuff, you know, we kind of became friends and shit, and then uh, he basically discovered weed, and um, once he, like, kind of started smoking, dude, it was like a fucking 180 on his mental health, dude. He, like, ended up in college, he ended up going to, like, you know, a pretty prestigious fucking college, I'm not gonna say. And, uh, you know, got, like, his degree out of it and shit like that. But it was literally a 180. And from, like, that moment on, I was just, like, 100% for, uh, like, weed being prescribed to veterans with, like, PTSD and stuff like that. Because I saw how we went from, you know, hey, if we fell out of school, you know, we're going to go rob fucking drug dealers, you know, in uh, south wherever. And uh, to, hey, man, this could be cool. We're going to, like, you know, start a family one day and our kids are going to play together and shit, you know.
0: Yeah, it's, it's it's, just, it uh, it really normalizes a lot of people who are who are running into issues. I've I've heard similar yeah. things to uh like psychedelic therapy. Um, I've heard yeah. I've heard a number of guys who like try like ibogaine or, or fucking ayahuasca or whatever, and they I guess have like an ego death type experience to where they're like, well, fuck man, I feel normal. again.
1: no, that's what it just it just helped him out, man. Because I know he had you know, bad that's anxiety and stuff like that, and you know it's like understandable, but yeah, he did. He like 180'd on me. And I was like, thank fucking God, man, because like I was legitimately worried about him.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, so you've had some sort of moving back to Kunduz, um You were you were telling uh, you're you telling me a story a while ago about running into some individuals over in, in Kunduz who had some some choice words about the village that you guys were going to uh, <laughs> go deal with. Do you want to want to dive into that?
1: Um, uh, I mean, shit, which uh, which village? <laughs>
0: I, I wouldn't say which village, but it's more so you, you ran into somebody who's just like, yeah, there's a lot of bad guys there. They need to die.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Uh, so, like, yeah, we're doing, like, this one mission we're going into, I believe it was Gorgon Tepe, Or, it was Gore Tepa, And, uh, so we were, like, getting this targeting packet or whatever. Uh, so we had to go over to the ODA compound or the CIA compound and, um, basically go over to talk to them. And, um, I don't know who this guy was, I'm assuming he was like fucking, you know, Delta or whatever, one of those fucking super high speed guys and like uh you know, they come in, they're like, We do you want to know. And we're like, Well, you know, we're thinking about going here. He's like, Okay, yeah. And for like, so what what can you tell us about it? He's like, Oh lots, still a shitload of fucking guys there. He's like, It's not it's not safe area, it's not good. We're like, Alright. So what else can you tell us? He's like, uh He's like, I don't know. He's like just, you know, a lot of fucking bad guys there. He's like, uh, you know, you should probably go fucking tell them if you go in there. We're like, all right, um, like so, so that's pretty much it. He's like, yeah. He like anything else? We all, what do you, what do you need? He need something. We're just like, no, we just we're trying to find about this area. He's like, oh yeah, it's not safe. It's not, it's not safe at all. It's not good. <laughs> you know. He's like, have fun. Yeah, I wouldn't go in there, but okay. You know, or he didn't say really that, but you know, he's like, I wouldn't just go in there like with just, you know, typical army bullshit. Like if you go in there, go in there with a lot of guys, you know. And we were just kind of like, ah. Alright, we're going to do it, but, uh, you know, with a and guy kind of talking to us like that, it's like, uh... It it
0: definitely brings up some, some, uh... It definitely gives you a... a not, it doesn't give you a warm and fuzzy on the area.
1: It's um, just, it's just funny, because, like, these fucking guys, like... um, So the ODA team we worked with also, too, you know, were telling us, like, that they would go into these areas, you know, and they wear, like, man dresses and shit like that, and they literally just hang out all day on the street and just kind of like watch everything, you know, do whatever. And um, that's basically like that. what it kind of was. It's,
0: it's, it's like that famous picture of some random seal and just brown face and a man dress with an MP7.
1: <laughs> oh, like, yeah, with like somebody's pubes fucking strapped to his face. so He has a beard, oh, yes. you know, like, so it looks all nappy and third worldy and shit. So like um, they would just hang out in like these Taliban strongholds or whatever, and they would legitimately just fucking vibe. They would just sit there all day, like drink chai, do whatever. And uh, then they'd come back and just be like, oh, my fucking God, there's a lot of bad guys there. And then uh, <laughs> what they used to do, and they told us that they had to stop once we got up there, is they used to do like straight gangster shit. Like they would fucking uh, dress up in man dress. So where I was at, um, let me let me digress real quick. So like where I was at, they had the Boglin province, which uh, the Taliban and there was these other fighters. And I can't remember what it stands for, but we called them HIG fighters.
0: It wasn't a county network, so,
1: was it? Uh, it might have been. It's just, they told us like once what they were called before we went over and everybody just started calling them Higgs. So they had these Hig fighters that were fighting with the Taliban. And then, um, back in, uh, Condus, there was a Hig presence, but it wasn't that strong. So what the fucking ODA guys used to do to cause infighting. Was it Hezbollah,
0: Islami, Gilbuddin?
1: Oh, I mean probably man to be honest like I couldn't even tell you even if you said it like just you know some fucking name but they fucking they would dress up in like these man dresses and shit and they would you know dress up as either the Taliban or they dress up as these fucking Hig fighters and they would legitimately drive like through Condu City or whatever and they would do straight up fucking drive-bys on these commanders or we'll just like they would roll
0: around with fucking MP7s just hosing people down.
1: No, not even MP7s, dude. They would roll up with like legit, like, piece of shit, like, whatever the Taliban's using at that time. So they probably used like legitimate, like, Tech Nines and stuff. <laughs> no, it's gangster. Like, like, they legitimately rolled up while well, these guys are sitting outside these fucking bazaars eating, and they would just fucking spray them and haul after them. With the
0: Compton special.
1: Dude, no, they legit, that's what they did. And they're like, we can't do that anymore because if we do that with you guys around, he's like, y'all just fucking shoot us. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I mean, probably, like, cause you know, like, obviously, we don't know who you're shooting. To all we see from our side is, you know, just a bunch of dudes, fucking hosing down the goddamn quickie mart. <laughs> but, um, dude, like, the shit they used to do, man, it was just straight gangster. And then, like, um, the CIA guys in the area, what they used to do is, um, they would go out and they would dig these fucking IEDs up and they would swap the fucking blasting cap or the detonators out of it. They'd put their own in there that's remote-controlled, and they'd fucking rebury the shit. Oh, my God. And then they would they would sit and watch it on FLEER, or, like, on a Predator drone, ISR, whatever the fuck. Yeah. And then we would drive by, and Hodge would try to blow us up. And they're like, oh, well, fuck, man. Like, what is it? I guess it's broken. Let's go fucking dig it up. They'd go dig this bitch up, and the CIA used to, like, let them take it back to their house. <laughs> and then they would fucking detonate it.
0: Oh, uh, some it was uh, some, like DBS. Vietnam era, like eldest son shit, where they had like, uh, oh god, what they do in Vietnam, where they would drop off like crates of sabotaged ammo, or yep. one of them was just filled with fucking. C4. No,
1: literally, yeah, and they were they were doing that with their fucking IEDs and stuff like that, man. And I was like, I think like, this guy is probably like, hey, I'm gonna stop and get something to eat real quick, and then I'm gonna come over to the fucking IED shed, you know, and like goes home real quick, and they just detonate and murder the whole fucking family.
0: That's fantastic. I mean, I had something similar happen when I was in Afghanistan. We were. Um, we were working with some reapers and we were just flying from point to point point. We, we provided an armed ISR for a mission that had gone out and we were kind of just soaking areas to kind of get an idea as to what was going on in that specific area and as we were moving from one target to another uh, we were scanning with the FLIR pod and there's this massive fucking heat signature wondering what the fuck's going on and we realized that this compound is just on fire and you know we Send some messages on MercChat over to some other uh, some other units in the area, asking like, "Hey man, you know, did you guys you know strike a target here?" And they're like, "No." We asked the SOCOM dudes like, "Hey, did you strike a target there?" And they're like, "No." And eventually, what we deduce is after doing some some research on the building that had exploded, that there was a suspected bomb maker that lived in that area, and he had, I guess mixed he'd he'd done he'd fucked up somehow he was smoking a cigarette while he was building a bomb and just clacked off his entire fucking compound Mm -hmm. so you know when we had finished soaking the area we switched over to to dtv daytime tv and we were looking at the area and there's just chunks of person just strewn about the fucking compound
1: yeah it's just like it looks like raviolis and ketchup with like a bunch (laughs) of dirt on it salsa yeah exactly yeah no it's like yeah it's fucking literally that's what it is so uh well like so they had a suicide bomber uh one time in Condu city that was kind of trying to bum rush up a, a uh checkpoint or whatever the fuck or a position everybody was at yeah. but everybody's shooting at the fucking guy so these dudes will get high on like opium and they'll put tourniquets on like every um limb that they have so they don't bleed out right
0: yeah
1: they So just fucking
0: stage tourniquets
1: yeah yeah like they'll tighten them down and oh, wow. they're like, all right. They're like, go get him, Tiger. You know, and they fucking run out there, you know, like the whole fucking, you know, Aloha, like fucking inshallah, all this fucking shit, dude, bum rush you. And they'll be spraying their AK from the fucking hip, trying to run at you and stuff to try to keep your head down so they can run up and get close. So like, guys doing this to Condu City, you know, and I think this was around during their elections. And, uh, you know, everybody's kind of fucking shooting at him. you know, 556 five, just like ricocheting around in them. He's just kind of like, whatever, I don't care, I'm high. Well, um, the. A and P or the Afghan police, uh, we worked with their they called them the QRF, like Quick Reaction Force, but it was essentially their SWAT team. Yeah. So like we lived with them and we worked with them and what are those fucking guys with this piece of shit AK from like the fucking Mooch days? Fucking fires one round into him and the guy fucking explodes. And <laughs> everybody's like everybody's like stopping and looking at We're like, God damn, we're like, what'd you fucking shoot him with, man? He's like, Oh, oh yeah, he could he's big, big books, you know, he explodes, not good. You know, dude, just like and it, it is, man. It's like it's just this like raviolis and ketchup and just fucking looks like roadkill, man, and like pieces of clothes like burning. Like and I've seen like shit before where like these guys detonate themselves like up against a wall and it is a literal fucking outline of them. Oh yeah, out of like blood and bone. It's just like holy
0: shit. That's some Looney
2: Tune bullshit.
0: I I was I I was when I was uh, working with (laughs) the like IED like it's a it's an intelligence team that actively taught like like studies IEDs and where they're made and tries to do like counter IED shit. Um. They were telling me that during like one of the BAF attacks, where they detonated a V-Bit or like an S vest at, at uh, one of the BAF gates, they found a dude and like he he had a vest on. So like when that exploded, it basically just removed the entire top half of his body. And mm-hmm. when they found him, or at least part of his remains, it was just meaty chunks everywhere. And then they found both of his feet, like still in his sandals, just like just cut <laughs> off at, at like the at the knees. And it's just smoking pair of knees in in, in sandals. It's the funniest thing
1: ever seen. That's some like Looney Tune shit, dude. Yeah, like, exactly. wiley Cody
0: or Daffy Duck getting his fucking beak blown around the other side <laughs> of his head.
1: Dude, it's fucking dude. Hodge is funny, man. Like they die in the funniest ways. Like it's it's just cause they're it's cause they're so just. I don't know, man. It's like they just see war differently than us. You know what I mean? Like it's just how we kind of see it in like Western world in our culture. It's kind of romanticized through. Movies and shit. Well, you know, this guy who's built like a fucking billy goat, you know, this lived in the mountains his whole life, that lives in the same mountains that stopped Alexander the Great. His bones are hollow like a bird. Yeah. And like this guy, you know, like if he joined your fucking platoon or whatever, you know, you just be like, holy shit, dude, like eat food, lift weights. This guy will outperform you though at like, you know, 15,000 feet any day of the week. Oh, yeah, man. But like, basically. I caught but a flying fucking... robotic,
0: Sean, one time, and I was at 15,000 feet, and I thought I was going to fucking die. I'm from sea level, so going to yeah. altitude for me is, is a nightmare.
1: Yeah, like, I'm so glad I stayed fucking west of the Hindu Kush. Like, I'll fucking say it. Like, I'm glad I had no part of that. Like, you know, they had the whole Restrepo movie came out, and, like, we were watching it, and we were just kind of like, we did the same fucking shit, man. Like, we gotten that many ticks. And it's like, but the difference is, is, the motherfuckers are up in the mountains, and I'm just like, yeah, dude, like I want no part of that. But I no, digress. Dude, still wearing like...
0: an, yeah, wearing an IoTV at fucking seven thousand feet and trying to climb a mountain with like a modus or something to get a position set up sounds like a bad yeah. time. Oh god. Yeah,
1: and like with your rucksack and shit too. But um, but anyways, but it's like these guys who are dirt farmers that have lived in the mountains their whole fucking life, like they don't view war the same way we do. So it's just like that's what i mean by like they just they just die in the funniest ways like they just like when we're moving around and stuff you know we're kind of doing it you know our way that we were trained and stuff with them it's just kind of like you know they got the fucking you know the Taliban Air Force 1s on or whatever dude like <laughs> the sandals and they just move so fucking fast in them dude between trees and shit like that but like these guys are super chill about it so they would um they got the black so they... forces yeah dude they the Jesus ones, man, like the fucking sandals <laughs> bro But there's dude, and they're so fucking fast in them. It's unreal. And like you have like regiment that's wearing like speed crosses and you know like what is what is the most, you know, durable yet fast fucking footwear we could wear, you know, it's like Merrill Solomon's and shit like that. Yeah. But these fucking guys, dude, are like outmaneuvering like force on force like warfare in fucking sandals, dude, in a Oops. fucking man dress. With a nineteen seventies chest rig that they put together themselves. But uh, but anyways so, like, these guys, what they used to do is, um, they would, they knew that we wouldn't shoot them if they were unarmed. So, we were at a point where we knew what they were wearing. So, at the given time that we were in conduits, the Taliban used to wear, like, all black most of the time. I say most of the time. A lot of all Big them...
0: fans of all black.
1: Yeah, so, like, that's where we're making the joke. We're like, bro, like, we're fighting the man in the black pajamas, dude. It's fucking Vietnam again. And, uh so they would wear that and they would have black or white turbans is what they always wore and it became so common that the locals knew not to wear that and it got to the point where that oh, it's was like the P-
0: versus the blood so like don't wear red on this fucking street
1: yeah well it was because it became pid for us
0: <laughs> gotcha
1: so it got to a point that if guys were like on motorcycles and they were wearing these clothes you could smoke them that they were fucking taliban and, it, was, um,
0: it was the Wild West back then, man. Our rules of engagement and fucking when I was over there about a decade after you were nowhere near like that.
1: So it's funny that you say that because when we were there, we had NCOs that were like veterans of Operation Anaconda and shit like that, and they were just like, "There's so many fucking rules nowadays." It's like, dude, back when <laughs> you know Anaconda, it was the fuck a Wild West, man. Like we just fucking smoked anybody, you know. But um, he's got combat you know, boots on. Fucking, shoot him. No, like legitimately, yes. So um but these guys they would uh so what they would do is they dig their fighting positions and they put their ak's you know rpgs rpg sevens you know if it's a fucking ambush team for you know convoys and what they used to do is they would come out in a military file and then they would just move out to their positions they would all basically get down pick up their weapons and then jump up and start shooting so one time We went into this one village, and I can't fucking remember what it's called, but it was uh, one of our line companies. Could not get into this village. Every time they'd go in there, they get shot the fuck up. And so they bring us the fucking recon platoon, which we doubled as like a shock platoon because, like, anytime there was like a major push or anything like that, they always try to put our asses like towards the front. Or if we were doing some type of like defense, like we would take positions in a village and we would just stay there for a week. They're when like, I hear well, a recon
0: mo- platoon, I don't think of heavily armed. I think of, like, your M-Toe as a mixture of M-4s and, like, sr 25s and M-24s, stuff like that. Yeah. Kind
1: of. So what we ended up doing is, because our battalion, so our, um, my battalion commander and my battalion sergeant major were fucking, like, retards. Like, fucking retards. They lost their command, like, after the deployment. Like, they weren't allowed to command any other combat unit after that. Like, one went and he was in charge of NTC as a sergeant major. The other one did officer branch when they like request their orders and stuff yeah but um so they obviously didn't know how the fuck to use us so um but we were getting used so much as like a shock platoon like for like ambushes and shit like that or big pushes and all that that we did not carry saws at all we carried only 240s because we found that when you shot at them with 240s they really got their fucking heads down Okay, so the 1007 is gay man like um it's meant for like tank tracks and shit like that it's an anti-material rifle
2: it's not an it's accurate a, weapon yeah but it's have you seen different. the hurt locker it looked really cool in that movie
1: yeah when the sas guys all get fucking murdered and then the fucking eod guy picks it up and suddenly knows the math behind ballistics uh-huh that's right a three moa that, that's guy. the second
2: coolest scene after he picked up like uh five um it was 120 millimeter shells with one arm
1: yeah oh yeah. It's, it, dude and when that movie came out dude oh my god we made fun of the eod so that came out like 2009.
0: do you know how much pussy they probably got though like every eod guy is just walking around just slaying cooch into any bar they go into
1: here's the thing those guys are such fucking dorks a lot of them that they probably ended up just still cock blocking themselves and the girls were probably just like oh my god like i'm gonna go fuck this used car salesman instead but <laughs> so it's like we'd make fun of them with the like if there's an IED, they literally sat in the back of their MRAP in the air conditioning, they drove a robot up to it and poked it and it blew up. I mean, that sounds pretty cool. There's that,
0: there's that fantastic old like uh, this is like a 4chan green text where it's talking about how like this dude was deployed to Afghanistan. And, you know, he they they get a call in from some local saying that an IED had been planted like near his house. So they show up and they're like, Hey, man, what's going on? And this is yeah. the, the main character in, in context is, is an EOD guy. And they talk, they're you know having a weird conversation with him through their interpreter, and like, the interpreter can't really understand what the fuck he's saying, and they eventually deduce that there was no i e d what they wanted from or what the local had wanted from this e o d company was uh for him to get rid of this restless spirit that was living in his house because his father's ashes were up on the uh were up on the mantle, and they're like, well, what the fuck do you want us to do about it and it's just like, listen man, we have v h s you guys have blu ray figure it out you have the technology so the EOD guys are like, hey, you know, do you, do you want us to keep, you know, do you want to keep his ashes? And he's just like, get this guy the fuck out of my house. So they eventually take a cratering charge and mm. slap it to this fucking ashes and calm the ever-living shit out of this restless spirit. Give him, like, some halal jerky and the crossed Afghan U.S. flag morale pin and then make it back to base in time for chow, which I'm, I'm going to call bullshit on that because every EOD call was always 14 hours late.
1: Yeah, no, oh, and that's what, like that was a running joke too it's like oh we got to call for EOD so we'll be back at the fob tomorrow so I'll, <laughs> I'll I'll make fun of EOD but the only EOD guys I ran into that were legit were the fucking navy EOD guys that we worked with like these those dudes I think they're actually part of like um I don't know if, like I don't fucking know navy Social well, yeah, navy special cool. warfare yeah, they yeah. follow their SOCOM, but I don't know if it's like, what, SPEC warfare or whatever the fuck the Navy calls it. Na-
0: NAV SPEC WAR. Every Navy acronym is 14 characters too long, so it's like NAV SPEC WAR EOD or something like that.
1: Yeah, so those guys were fucking legit, and they were hilarious. But um, so those guys, so we had peas on the FOB. We didn't need them because we already knew how to talk to aircraft, and we knew how to call in our own fire. We didn't need them. And they were just kind of like, oh shit and we're just like yeah man like you can go hang out with the line platoons if you want well we were basically getting in so much contact that the guys on the fob were just like yo can we like hey man like i'm trying to go out and do things like can we come with you and can i
0: get my cib please
1: yeah well so we had this uh tech peer or whatever his nickname was chewy and we called him chewy because this guy's chain of command was in bagram he was literally on our fob alone so he didn't oh change, <laughs> never got a haircut he wore whatever the fuck he wanted like this guy had the best fucking deployment so like we called him chewy because he was so hairy because his hair was fucking just everywhere dude and um we would take this guy out with us you know just like fuck it man I mean, we don't we don't really need you but i mean come on man come do your job you know get whatever the fuck the air force gives people that are in combat and then the navy eod guys you know too were just kind of like yeah man like uh well, you know, can we come with you? Like, you guys are doing a big push, and we know that you know you guys are going to go fucking shoot people. And we're like, yeah, come with us. And uh, we had a uh, IED was in a wall next to a house. Oh, and they're crafty. Uh, so I'm pretty sure it was an EFP, like an expl- uh, expl- uh, explosively formed projectile, which go through MRAPs like fucking butter. And um, it's basically
0: it's- a shaped charge, like a, like a heat round coming out of an Abrams yeah. or something like that, but in yeah. the form of a mine.
1: Yeah, pretty much. So, it was in the wall next to this house. Well, it got spotted, and I don't remember how anybody noticed it, but uh, the, EOD, the Navy EOD guys were like, yo, we'll take care of it. And uh, they kind of went up, and we were looking, or whatever, and you could see the fucking wire out the backside of the wall and shit. And they were like, fuck it, man, we're gonna blow it up. So they put... Jesus Christ, I don't know how much C4 it was, but they put, a, they put way too much C4 on it. But they did it on purpose, because they that thought it was sense. gonna be funny. They,
0: they, they used they, a judicious amount.
1: So they slap it to the wall, dude, and they blow this shit up and they blow up half the fucking house too that's right by it. And it's amazing.
0: I'm sure and the they, occupants were thrilled.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, and this was where we were at too is a pretty bad area. So like nobody was all the houses were basically abandoned. <laughs> you know, but we like, say
0: nobody was nobody was innocent in that area.
1: <laughs> yeah, but they like, you know, they're like, fuck it, dude, we'll blow it up, man. And like, they run out there, you know, and fucking throw their shit on there with their fucking super high speed raid modded BDUs and DCUs and shit. And I come running back. They blow the whole fucking thing up and they're just like, you know, it's like a fucking uh, trimmers so that are like, eh, that might have been a little too much. They're like, well, fuck them. You know, like the guys are just so glad to do their fucking job, man. Cause back then, people think that it was kind of like the Wild West, but there were still a lot of rules. Well, a lot of the line companies wouldn't let them do shit like that whereas us it was our give a fuck was kind of out the window because our chain of command hated us anyways so it was just like fuck it man go do your job and they like just go blow shit the fuck up and uh like our our chain of command man no like those guys those guys are super fucking cool man and um our chain of command like hated us um i don't know why because we did our job really well and we killed lots of fucking bad guys and it was to the point that literally any big push that was coming up, the line guys used to come up to our tent and ask if we were going with them. And it'd be like, I don't know, man. Like, was, like you gotta talk to, you know, my PL or something. And they like, oh, well, you know, we're doing this. It'd be cool if y'all came, you know, ha <laughs> ha Like, please come, come help us. I uh, <laughs> don't shit want like, to die. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It was like, we had a good reputation with literally everybody, but the ones that mattered. So like our BC and our Sergeant Major. Like the ODA team we worked with fucking loved us. Or whatever like they tried to give us um they were trying to figure out a way where they could give us like their combat patch but i guess that's not a thing you can't do that you have to be oh, directly like
0: to get yeah directly underneath them like to to be authorized to actually wear that combat patch on uh yeah, yeah when you get home
1: their team leader whatever like i think that's what they call them Their team commander or team leader whatever the fuck he was trying to do that for us and our chain of command i guess was just like fuck you, you know so what they did is they came over to our FOB, and they had us all lined up, and they just basically gave us all, you know, like, COAs, you know, basically, which is just a pat on the back, but they were just like, hey, man, like, you guys are fucking awesome, you know, if you're ever up by Lewis McCord Air Base, you know, stop by and say hi, because, like, we got to do a bunch of cool shit with them and stuff, but our chain of command was such a bunch of fucking cocksuckers, man, like, they just, they were literally there just to check the block, you know, on their OERs and COERs and stuff, oh, and, yeah. uh, so well, one of their were... go ahead,
0: like,
1: like a punishment they did for my platoon was so this is back in the ACU days. Yep. So everybody, everybody's wearing CUs. So the punishment they did for us one time is they took away all of our camo netting. They took away all multicam that we were wearing, Why? and we all had to put our helmet covers back on.
0: So so your punishment was literally just being easier to kill.
1: Yes, that was our punishment as the recon platoon, and they still sent us out on like, recon ops, like, setting up hide sites, like, all kinds of shit, but we're wearing gay to like, with full IOTVs. White and
2: gray on a mountainside.
1: Well, not IOTVs, but we had, like, this little fucking cheap-ass plate carriers they started issuing us. But, like, you're like, you're wearing regular army shit. Like, you're a fucking, you're a target now. Like, everybody can see you. You know, that was literally our punishment. And then another time we pissed them off for something, and, like, I can't remember, man. It's, like, it's been fucking like 12 years probably i don't know what is it 2023 for like 11 years and um so they fucking told us we couldn't use the gym on the fob anymore and they said that they the reason they took it away from us is because they knew we like to work out what yeah so they told us we were no longer allowed to use the gym they took away all of our camo we had to literally put all of our multicams. our uh we had like coyote brown uh, Ranger Green and multicam like plate carriers that we were wearing. We had to put all those in a fucking bag, all of our camo netting and shit, anything that we had strapped to our long guns, like any jute or netting on our fucking scopes and shit, throw it all in a bag and we had to turn it into our fucking battalion.
0: Dude, these guys it, just sound like fucking assholes.
1: That's what these guys didn't know what they were doing. That's why like they lost their, you know, ability to command afterwards. Like cause they got investigated and shit. So like, um, that was our punishment, and then, yeah, they took the gym away from us, and the only time we were allowed to work out is we had to organize, like, in garrison and run in formation to Oh, PT. so you're doing,
0: like, you're, oh, you're doing organized, like, unit PT, like you'd be doing in garrison.
1: Yes, yeah, they said that's the only way we could work out was if we did that. That's fucking
0: awful. Holy shit.
1: So, oh, dude, that's the tip of the fucking iceberg, man. I could go on for hours, but, like, they, um... Like during the elections we ran out of food and water one time because nobody was allowed on the fob during elections nice. for some fucking reason. And we weren't allowed to actively engage the enemy. Like if we got shot at, we had to just run away. Like we weren't allowed to fight. So um we got kicked out and I told you we lived with the um AMP like SWAT team. We lived in their compound with them. So that's where we stayed and we were like, Hey, we're out of food and water and Battalion was like, Fuck you, that sounds like a you problem and we were like, oh, Okay. Wow. So, we were eating local food, and we started dropping iodine tablets and water. And, like, guys were still getting sick from it. So, I remember we tried to go back to the FOB once. Our PL came up with some fucking excuse. And, like, we made it, like, over to the fucking firing pits. Like, before you used to go out the wire, you used to, you know, test fire and shit like that. Yeah. And, um, dude, we made it about that far. And we got out, started sprinting towards the defect to steal fucking MRE boxes. And like start sprinting back to the vehicles because like Battalion knew we were there. They could follow us on the Blue Force tracker. And like they came out screaming at us that if we weren't off the fob, you know, in like fucking ten minutes, you know, our PL was gonna be fired, shit canned, all this stuff. And like, dude, we're throwing food in the back of the fucking MRAPs as they're rolling, like trying to jump in and shit.
0: (laughs) Just throwing mermites of like hot food into the fucking vehicle.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like legit and we were just like, dude, we're we're out of food and water. Like what do you want us to fucking do? Like we didn't get to fill our jerry cans, like anything like that, dude. Like we just You know, it's fucking batshit. And, like, they used to do stuff like that with us. Uh, They ended up launching, like, this huge investigation on us. Um, Obviously, they didn't find anything. But, like, they were trying to say that we had a fight club started off. no trace. So, and and I'll tell you a fucking story, too, about war crimes. So, they were accusing us of war crimes. Yeah! And there's obviously no proof because we didn't fucking do it. Uh, one of the things that was brought up was uh, the story I was going to tell you earlier but we got all, we got uh, sidetracked so like Hodge in that village I told you about where we couldn't go into that the line companies were getting shot up so much uh, yeah. so we went in there and we're all the way at the front you know the line company's kind of filling in behind us and we're I guess reconning by just walking up the middle of the fucking road and uh, so we're posted up on a building and there's a neighboring village that's pretty close and we're just kind of watching the main road that runs to that well, there's two Hodge walking towards us. Like, just bebopping, dude. Just walking up the fucking road, having a good time. One guy's got a fucking RPG. The other guy's, you know, just got a shitty AK from the Mooj days. And, uh, dude, just bebopping. Just, you know, hanging out. So, this guy on my platoon or whatever... I'm not going to say his name, but um, he's just kind of like, Hey, man, these guys are just, like, walking towards us. He's like, are they friendlies? And like, we're kind of looking at them, and they're just, they're, like, wearing just regular shit. like, And they're like, no, man, we don't have any, like, local nationals with us on this mission. And uh, my buddy, like, I'm not going to call him by his name, but I'll call him Chauncey or whatever, who's still active Delta right now. That's about to retire. He's just like, fuck him. He's like, shoot that motherfucker. It's like, dude, my buddy on his long gun with a 110 plants this guy in the fucking chest. So he smokes him, drops like a bag of shit. He puts like a M118 right through his fucking chest. And his homie is completely surprised. He's just like, oh, my God, the Americans are shooting at us. Like, what? And just goes prone and uh, he's like, "Fuck, I can't see him, dude," because there was a little bit of like a hump in the road. So he like ducked down. And he couldn't see him anymore. Had
0: a little deflated.
1: Yeah. So uh, Chauncey or whatever, he's just like, "Fuck that." Well, we had the mortar platoon attached to us. And um, or I say the mortar platoon, it was some of the mortar guys. So they had a sixty. He's like, "Fuck that." He's like, you know, he got them to start uh, dumping mortars, and he walked them in on that guy's body and blew them both up. While the guy's Jesus. trying to low-crawl away. He's like, we can't hit them, we'll just blow them the fuck up. So like, blows these bodies up, or whatever. And uh, so now the Taliban are coming. They're like, oh, the Americans are coming to fight, you know, blah, blah, blah. We heard a bunch of gunfire. So we're watching them. They're coming out of the tree line in a military file. And then they, uh, once they reach the wall that they're at, they go left to go right. Like, they just start filing out, getting to their fighting positions. Well, Chauncey, who's like... You know, his first deployment was, you know, 2005 Ramadi, you know. Oh, Jesus. So he's just watching them. He goes, fuck that. And we have our two forty deployment. Yeah, so we have our 240s already watching them, and we're just watching these guys. And he goes, fuck that, shoot them. And, like, our 240s and shit just start lighting these motherfuckers up in the tree line. And they're just like, oh, shit. And they're like, this doesn't work anymore. And, like, they fucking all duck down or whatever, and they're, like, kind of shooting back, and they haul ass, and they run away. Well, ISR is watching this, and people were trying to accuse us of shooting, you know, like these unarmed combatives and all this stuff. And ISR was like, well, you know, we could see that they have all these fighting positions, and these guys were going to those positions, you know. So, you know, maybe they weren't just killing random civilians and all that. So that saved our ass on that. And then that same village, we advanced down that road where they came from, and we got up in some buildings... On the second story, and we're kind of just been hanging out for a while while, you know, the other company's doing their, you know, gay line puke shit, talking to the fucking Mukhtar. And uh, well, we end up getting ambushed by a RPK, and they shoot. Um, we have a squad that's on the roof right next to me. They get lit up, and they shoot my homie in the back of the fucking head. So the round hits his helmet, goes to the left, and then it fucking diverts down into his neck. The round does, so it fragments oh, wow. into his fucking neck. And, like, they just get jumped, dude, getting shot the fuck up. Well, we're getting ready to leave, so we all run back upstairs, and we just get into this fucking massive little gunfight, like, really close together. And we ended up falling back or whatever, because we're way ahead of everybody. Like, if they wanted to maneuver on us, they could. Like, they would have surrounded us at that compound, probably fucking killed us. But, um... So, like, you know, we kind of did that, shot them up a little bit, and they were just like, oh, no! (laughs) Like, uh, these guys will just fucking kill us now. We can't play these, you know, fuck-fuck games anymore. Well... Uh, when we were shooting it out with them we have ICOMs and we can intercept like what the Taliban's saying and then also two ISR guys which I guess were like CIA dudes or something or whatever were saying that the Taliban are calling for help saying that they're getting fucked up and it was just like yeah it's like this because we're not playing that game no more like fuck these guys we're gonna shoot them you know and they started calling us like uh, if we were in ACUs for a mission we still had like our brown backpacks and uh, like multicamp backpacks and shit so the Taliban started calling us the guys with the brown backpacks or whatever, because, like, anytime we were around, we would fucking shoot them, and they didn't like it. But then if it was just, like, the regular kind of line pukes, they'd just be like, oh, yeah, let's fire some RPGs at them, fuck them, you know? Like, these guys are going to be too scared to shoot back. I mean, not really too scared to shoot back, but they're going to, you know, not be as reactive. Whereas, you know, our NCOs were, like, the most senior in the battalion who had been deployed several, several times. So, you know, these guys knew how the game worked. You know, they knew how to positively identify where fire's coming from, like, find the enemy really quick and get them killed. Whereas a lot of these other NCOs in the line been on one deployment, you know, and they can't necessarily, you know, they're not as good at all they're of that. they
0: not as experienced in terms of, you know, yeah, like infantry battle drills and shit.
1: Yeah, yeah, like, they can't pin them down as much, We're just like, you know, oh, this is my fourth deployment. Oh, that yeah, gunfire sounds like it's coming from the left. It's probably that fucking building, you know. But, um,
0: so you had an an interesting experience. On, was I don't know if it's your Iraq or your Afghanistan deployment, where you essentially um, walked directly into an ambush?
1: Oh, so yeah, so that was uh, that was Nari Sufi was the name of the town, and uh, it was we were there for like five six days, and we were scrapping, dude. Like we were, you know, taking contact, you know, four five six times a day, just fucking fighting, and like on my Facebook and stuff. I've got like helmet cam footage of it and in the helmet cam footage, you can hear us talking how we're getting surrounded because we're taking fire on all sides, basically. And this is the same fight too, that we were in where we had Apache's were doing gun runs and we had F15s doing gun runs and shit for us. And like Hodge just kept coming. And we were like, it was at the point where it was just like, are these guys not going to take a fucking hint? Like they're not going to take this position from us. And just, we just kept fucking smoking these dudes. And uh, But anyway, so when we finish that mission we're leaving out um, and they're just like, hey, by the way the Taliban have already said or we've intercepted communications that they have ambushes set up all down the road because they know you have to exfil this one route. Like, cool, man. So guess who gets to go first? They fucking put recon up front. And um, so we find this fucking building so the Taliban used to plant white flags everywhere and that meant like oh, this is all territory.
0: Yeah. Yep, they did it when I was there too.
1: Yeah, so we saw a compound that had a white flag flying on it. And we were just like, all right, well, let's go there. That's obviously where the bad guys are. Let's go fucking shoot them in the face. And uh, so we're going, and uh, we get on the backside of the building. We're kind of chilling out for a second. The line pukes are falling in behind us. You know, they're getting all lined up wherever they're going to pull security. And then my squad leader's like, hey, man, let's just, let's run out this left side and let's get set up in this canal. We can watch this open field. So literally, we all file out. And it's me and my old spotter, and uh, who I'll just call Edward. Like we're coming out, and we're the last two guys. So as we're filing out, all we see within like fifteen twenty meters is we just see guys in all black who are basically paralleling us on the other side of this creek. And like I look over and I'm kind of looking at them, and these guys are like sidestepping and looking at us. And I was like, man, I was like, is that fucking A and P? And he was like, I don't, I don't know, man. He's like, I don't think so. And, uh, and it's like, I say that they were wearing all black, but like they were kind of under the trees and stuff, and it was a cloudy day, so like just their silhouettes, they looked like they were in all black, which they probably were. And they were kind of sitting there for a second, and we're looking at them, and I was like, fuck that, dude. That's, I was like, that's Hodge, like that's Taliban. So I had my M24 at the time because I was retarded. Which for those
0: who don't know is a bolt
1: gun. Yeah, a bolt action long gun with a fucking Mark Three Alpha scope on it. So, I was being dumb. I wanted to kill with it. So, uh, I had that with me. And I basically tried to quickscope this fucking guy. Like, I do a a ready up and I fire one fucking round at him. I guarantee I didn't fucking hit him. And I immediately hit the dirt. So, I hit the ground and these guys are just fucking spraying us. Like, going to town. And for people who don't know, if a bullet gets close enough to you, you can feel the concussion through your helmet of a bullet passing you. So, like, I'm digging the fucking... Like, I'm basically digging a hole with my bottom lip, trying to get as low as I can on the fucking ground. So I got a bolt action. And I remember looking to the right, and I see my buddy Edward, and he just takes a fucking knee. And he's just hosing them down, dude, with his M4 just spraying. And, like, I could see the rounds impacting the building that we all came out from behind. Did you have any other
0: weapon on you, like an M9 or anything like that?
1: No, I had my M24. I was being stupid that day. So because uh, we were moving from just position to position and I was just setting up on the roof and that's what, we were staying in the rear because we had the long guns or I had a long gun and my spotter had his M4 so that's why we were in the rear so as soon as we come out the back of that building that's when we saw those other assholes so he's taking a knee right next to the wall of that building and I see the rounds impacting it and he's just fucking going to town dude just fucking shooting with his M4, spraying them, and like there's this massive just like exchange of fire for about i don't know like 30 40 seconds or some shit and then it goes silent and we're all just sitting there and then i hear my squad leader like way off to my left go get the fuck back and like we all get up and start running back behind the building well he took an rpg7 to the feet so it hit the because it was a uh it was an ambush team that was waiting for our vehicles so they didn't have like fragmentation rpgs they had those rpg7s you know that blow its ordnance forward oh the heat rounds yeah, so it hit the dirt and it blew its ordinance into the ground in front of him, and it basically like made him do a backflip into some fucking bushes, and it like knocked him out for a split second, and then he came to and he got up and started yelling at us to get the fuck back, so like we're running back behind the fucking building and shit. He ended up getting a purple heart because so he got like a really bad concussion from it, and uh, yeah, we're like running back behind it. I'm so when I get really scared I start laughing, so I run back <laughs> behind the building and I see my first ever team leader from Iraq who's now a squad leader of this uh, uh, company that's with us. And I come running back, and he's, like, looking at me, grinning from ear to ear. And he's like, what happened, buddy? And I was like, they almost got me that time, big sergeant. I was fucking running (laughs) back. And, like, we're just fucking shooting at these guys, because they'd made it to the other wood line by this point. Like, I don't even know if we shot any of them or not, to be honest. Even being that close, because I literally shot, it dug my face in the fucking dirt. And, like, the, the rounds were so close, I could feel the concussion through my helmet. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, well, I was like, yeah, you know, uh, we'll see how good this did you is. you know? take
2: the M24 as your primary after that?
1: Absolutely not. I never took it out. I always took my 110. I never took my fucking M24 out. And I never got a kill with it. The only kills I got was with uh, my 110 and possibly with a mortar. So it was, yeah, dude, you want to talk about being helpless, man? Being a near ambush with a fucking bolt action rifle is, uh,. Man, like, that. I mean, in retrospect, you know, like. Like, I kind of get the shakes talking about it and stuff like that, but like just in retrospect, man, like, it's just funny just thinking of the situation. And then when I turn the corner and I see my O.G. team leader, like just grinning from ear to ear because he was an anaconda. So, you know, oh, like,
0: so he's a bad motherfucker.
1: Yeah, so like gunfights are just whatever to him, like, it's just a game. So he's just smiling ear to ear. I mean, he's like, what happened, buddy? Because <laughs> he saw us, he saw us go around the corner and he heard a shitload of fucking gunfire and then saw us running back and i was just like they almost got me that time so um but um man that mission we had that um then the next day the engineers got blown up rolling out and they like blew their vehicle basically in half and it spent like the front half of the vehicle like flying over a fucking wall and almost landing on some boys and uh and then uh when that happened, so it was like tremors where like everything goes really high up into the air. If y'all have ever seen those movies.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep.
1: So all this metal and shit when it got blown up, like was landing on the fucking roof. It was me and this uh one guy named that was uh, on a 240 and I was on, you know, my fucking ball patching because I'm retarded. Yeah, <laughs> we're on a roof full of security. You know, the fucking metals raining down on us and shit, and a huge piece of that fucking MRAP dude stuck in the goddamn roof right next to us. And I was like, dude, I'm done with this mission. I was like, I'm fucking over this. And I was like, it just, we almost got my leg chopped off. You know, we've been out here for like five, six days, dude, like just getting just got the fuck up. And I was like, I'm kind of over it, man. I was like, this shit ain't fun no more. But um, yeah, that was that's the near ambush story. Um, we'll see. We're, we're, we're
0: starting to get towards the end of it. I... Want to get a couple of your thoughts on on how how do you feel about the the current military? You know the United States military and its whole. You know like how we're doing nowadays compared to back during GWOT. Uh.
1: <laughs> so it's it's all right. So here's the thing. So like um you know my my current girlfriend's enlisted, and I just see her interactions like with you know people that she works with, and they're all so nice to each other. and it's weird and um i like the the army's trying to move in the right direction like their pt test that they have nowadays is great like it's way better than what i used to do because i did fucking sit-ups push-ups and a two-mile run right
0: it was just the apft at the time
1: yeah and then when i went to the recompatoon we did you know the rpft so we did you know like the five mile run push-ups sit-ups pull-ups uh, but now, you know, they got to do deadlifts and shit. They got to do like actual functional, realistic fitness and stuff. like that's cool. Sure.
0: Having done that, though, like the actual standards people are held to, if it's just basic army like you can be fat as shit and still pass it. I think that yeah. the the, the runtime, like I have no doubt that you even in your current state would be able to pass it. I sure as shit can because yeah. like the two miles, like 22 minutes or something.
1: Yeah. Um, and it's like and and I get that, but at least, you know, they're kind of getting an idea of, hey, this is, you know, this functional fitness is a little more realistic. Can you, know, you
0: carry somebody, you know? Yeah, right? Like, you know,
1: like deadlifting, that's awesome. That's great. That's on their PT test, stuff like that. But it's its a lot of just... It, basically, if we didn't have the technology that we have, we'd be fucked. Because the guys, and, and it's a peacetime army, I can't really hold it against them, but they don't have the fucking mindset. There's no meat eaters really left anymore. You know, because in Guat, everybody joined to go to war. Yeah. So you're getting the fuck-ups of society, the meat-eaters, like people who want to go and fucking fight.
0: Getting like actual nowadays, crazy people.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like nowadays, you know, you're getting just kind of, you know, whatever. You know, you get cherries that are like, oh, yeah, I, I hope Russia fucking steps sideways, bro. And I'm just like, shut your fucking mouth. It's like, because you don't want that. I was like, the only thing that's keeping you alive and superior is technology. I was like, mono e mono, like the little starving Russian Slav will probably beat the shit out of you. You know but um the current military it's it's peacetime military man it's what you expect it's guys who just probably don't have the right mindset uh they're a lot nicer to each other nowadays you can't do certain things that you used to do like when you talk <laughs> back to an NCO, you would get literally jumped by e4s that would just beat your fucking ass
0: you know the wall-to-wall counseling and whatnot
1: yeah stuff like that um because like in the infantry during what was basically prison man like you <laughs> like if you showed any sign of weakness that was it like everybody was on you know, you, you know had you, a,
0: did... you had an interesting prank that people were going to try and play on you when you were uh when you were on a deployment that you were telling me about
1: it's uh oh so uh so all right fun fact about me I'm a bastard so like I never knew my dad so dad you know a junkie piece of shit you know shit like that so my platoon sergeant and them thought it was going to be hilarious to uh act like my dad and write me on deployment for the whole year. (laughs) For the whole year, dude, they were going to act like they were my fucking dad. And then at the very end of deployment, after they said, hey, man, you know, I'm going to come up uh, to see you when you fly in and all this shit. And, uh, you know, we could reunite, you know, all this stuff. uh, They said and they were just going to like completely stop. And then when we got back, they were just like, oh, that was us, by the way.
2: Surprise.
1: (laughs) Even in all the evil shit that we do to each other, they said, no, let's not do that. Like, you'll fucking kill us, probably. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious, but I was like, yeah, if y'all did that to me, like, I probably wouldn't. I would be mad at you for a fucking while, man. I would
2: like, be very upset.
1: Dude, I could go on for fucking, like, hour. Like, we hit the tip of the iceberg, like, with the, sh- the stories and just, like, the shit we used to do to each other. Like, we literally fucking beat the shit out of it, kidnapped our lieutenant one time, and force-fed him alcohol, and <laughs> kept him in my basement. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll have to tell you all that story, uh, and then oh, when he was is, smiling...
0: Had before to... the ban on Hazek.
1: <laughs> yeah, dude, and, like, uh, before we pulled the bag off of his head, he didn't know where he was, he was handcuffed, and then when we pulled the bag off his head, he was, like, in B-dubs with all of us. And, like, at, like, 9 o'clock at night. <laughs> How
0: did the staff <laughs> feel about this? Uh,
1: they didn't know, because... Holy shit, man, like... <laughs> we have been a lot of trouble for that. And then, like, our <laughs> PL at the time, you know, he was a good sport about it. Because he wanted to do patrols in the LTC, like, the local training, or LTA, local training area. And we were just like, we really don't want to do that. And my platoon sergeant at the time had been in SF for, like, 10 years. And he fucked up or he'd done something and got bumped down to us for some fucking reason. We never found out why. Um but it's super smart fucking guy man like the guy taught us all kinds of just crazy shit you never even heard of but he goes well are y'all gonna do it and we're we kind of looking at him we're like well, well can we he's like i don't care he's like if you do it let me know because i'm gonna drive to pen- and we're like well we're gonna do it and he goes okay then he's like i'm gonna leave then and like fucking got in his truck and drove off and was like drove to fucking to see his family and um so we all standing around or whatever, and our fucking PL comes in and he's like, "Why is nobody uh, ready?" And we basically just jump this motherfucker. But um, <laughs> anyway, so I'll like I'll tell you the whole story some other time. But like we did that fucking shit, man. Uh, we got accused of starting a fight club on the fucking fob.
0: <laughs> did you start a fight club?
1: No. And I gotta tell you about my buddy Chauncey when he like he never got a confirmed kill with an M9 or a shotgun the one gunfight he's dual wielding m 9s shooting at the fucking uh he brought us ammo one time by moonwalking under fire (laughs) dropped the ammo and then he fucking did the robot back to his position dude this guy was fucking insane the first firefight we got in the major one he took the saw away from one of our privates on their first deployment and said welcome to war cherries and started shooting it from the fucking hip like at the fucking tree line dude like, I Derek, how accurate is him? a saw
0: from the hip? You have a saw.
2: Uh, I mean, depending on how far away it is, you can walk it in.
1: Dude, so, this, so this guy... This guy could
0: have been accurately murdering people with a
1: saw. Oh, no, and there. he he got several... Because like, I got... For sure, I killed two people. He killed probably at least four or five that was witnessed. And he, like... Man, he used to come up to me... Got And, taste like, and for this guy... It this is the guy who you know his first deployment was 05 Ramadi and this is like the guy who's like you know actively in. and um he used to come up to me I don't know why me and you know, we're good friends you know and I say good friends as in like we're cordial and anytime he's near me we'll hang out and stuff and catch up but um so he would just be like hey man he's like there's a there's a wire up on the road up there he's like let's go fucking check it out and I was like I don't think we should get close to it if it's a you know, like an IED or something, and he's just like, why are you- Like Commander, yeah. Yeah, he'd be like, why are you such a little fucking pussy all the time? (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, okay, man. I was like, let's go check it out. You know, we go up and he like kicks it. He's like, oh, there's nothing, I guess. And then another (laughs) time there was a building that we thought had an AGS-17 in it that had been firing on us all day, which an AGS-17 is the Russian Mark 19.
0: It's an automatic grenade launcher.
1: Yeah, automatic grenade launcher. So he comes up with this fucking idea, dude. He's like, uh, he's going to put an MRE bag, so it's two metal handles on these two giant doors, these gates, Well, it's locked. And it's just me and him, by the way. This is the middle of the fucking night, and we're in an area where we've been major contact for several days. And he's going to put an MRE bag in between these handles, and he's like, give me your grenade. So he was going to put a grenade in the MRE bag in between the two handles, pull the pin, and he was going to blow the door open that way, and we were just going to run in there and just fucking kill people. And I was just like, I was like, uh hey let's not do that and he's like why he's like why are you just a fucking pussy dude oh, all so you're telling me is that active duty
0: just basically people with a death wish
1: so no and he's no, he's hyper intelligent he's very intelligent and he was but he just loves war like that's his thing like he he got the cops called on him one time because we we're at 7 11 he wouldn't get out of the ice machine because he said he was going to cryogenically freeze himself until the next war broke out <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, and he had this idea to put a grenade there, and he was going to breach the door like that. And like, we had nowhere to run. This is an open field with a fucking like little Afghan, you know, house with tall walls around it with you know these big ass doors, like flat fucking field. Nowhere to run. We're going to pull a pin on a grenade. We're just going to like run, I guess. But there's nowhere to go. There's no cover. And I told him, I was like, "Where are we going to run?" I was like, "We just going to fucking go prone." And he's like, "You're just, you're just such, you're the biggest fucking bitch I've ever met in my life." <laughs> and we're standing outside this gate. So the Taliban in there are probably listening to his talk, as he has
2: a grenade and, in his hand.
1: Yeah, well, he's asking for my grenade because he didn't <laughs> want to use his fucking grenade. He wanted to use my grenade. And uh, well, we end up not doing it. And the next day, he's like, "Hey," he's like, "Just so you know, it probably was a good idea that we didn't do that." And I was like, "Yeah," <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, man, it probably fucking wasn't," you know. But like, dude, I have so many fucking stories of that guy. Holy he's, shit, man. He's doing wild shit. No, absolutely. Like that, the stories of just the shit we used to fucking do to each other. Like, Chauncey made, we had this guy we nicknamed Jesus who was literally born in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, <laughs> and raised in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. That's not a lie. So we nicknamed him Jesus, and his buddy was this guy, fucking Vic. And they were fucking around one day, and they pissed him off. So we're in a, we're waiting for the chaplain to talk to us, and we're in the chapel. So he make, uh, and then my buddy, um, uh, my old shooter or whatever, he, I'm not going to say his name or whatever, he made a cat of nine tails, if anybody knows what that is.
0: Yep. So, <laughs> the Jesus made special flagell- flagellating so, himself.
1: So, he made this, but he's had this for months. He used it to just hit people randomly. <laughs> oh, so, like, you know, for whoever's cords. Yeah, whoever's listening, Cat of Nine tells he made it out of 550 cord, where it's basically a whip with a bunch of, like, tails off of it with knots at the end. It fucking hurts. But you're supposed to have something sharp at the end of it, so it cuts you and it hits you. But he just made knots at the end, so it still fucking hurt, dude. Bad. So he carried it with him all the time in case he just suddenly decided he wanted to start hitting people with it. So We're we're in the fucking chapel, and Jesus and uh, Vic or whatever, like, pissed him off. Pissed Chauncey off. And he's just like, he goes, you know what? He's like, go pick that fucking cross up, Jesus. And there's a huge wooden cross, dude, at the front of the chapel. He literally makes him pick it up, put it on his back. And he's like, now fucking duck walk with it. So he's duck walking with the fucking cross on his back. And he makes uh, his homie take the cat of nine tails and whip him. And they're going in circles around the fucking podium (laughs) that the chaplain speaks at. And the chaplain is supposed to show up at any fucking moment, dude. Like, we're just sitting here watching this and we're fucking losing our minds. I was like, dude, I was like, it's Chaplin walks to the seasons, He's going to lose it because he was a major.
0: Jesus actual is going to be upset.
1: <laughs> yeah, he did that dude. We did a brief for the battalion commander where he dipped his balls into the fucking slideshow. <laughs> like, dude, like he... you say
0: dipped his balls into the slideshow. Let's elaborate on that.
1: So we so the recon platoon were a battalion asset so we answer to the bc basically the battalion commander yeah and we're all sitting at this fucking uh conference table you know we're at the uh the talk or whatever and this is the big meeting room you know where all the big dogs you know fucking sit and hang out and go oh look, at yeah, look at look at the progress we're not making at all you know
0: you got the s2 the s3 everybody there
1: yeah so we're waiting we we've been there for probably an hour waiting and we've got the slideshow set up you know we got the con up all that shit you know we're showing where we're going to insert you know the hide sites all this stuff and we're sitting there we're fucking bored man we're just kind of hanging out and you know the projector's up we're sitting there and all of a sudden we just see like it looks like a fucking walnut just comes from the top of the screen <laughs> And we're just like what the fuck and we turn around and fucking Chauncey, dude, is standing over the projector with his pants off, dipping his balls into the light. This is, dude, the battalion commander's gonna walk in at any fucking moment. And he is on top of the fucking conference table with his pants off, dipping his fucking nut onto the fucking projector, dude. And he goes, he goes, and we're looking at him, we're like, what are you doing? He goes, look, it's my balls. <laughs> this is a fucking... D- like, dude, like it's just so fucking funny man like like i said i have so many stories like if y'all have oh. me on here again like i need oh, to yeah. just cut in stories we, we, we need to
2: hear them all
1: dude oh, it's, yeah. uh, it's so fucking bad the shit we I
0: had something do. similar to to the whole balls dipping not not nearly as degenerate as that but we were, uh, we were we were giving like a an intel brief to some of the big dogs on one of my deployments and like there was the there was the overall commander of like the uh, of the task force, and then within it, you had like the so like the Soviet of commander, and 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 a whole bunch of other guys, like the, the CJ two, who was like a, a one star general. Yeah. And my my fucking first line, my NCO is giving this brief, and I'll, I'll be honest, it's a boring ass brief. Like mm-hmm. the dudes, the dude is a graduate of a prestigious university that I will not mention because I'm not trying to dox myself either, and yeah. um. He's. he's, It's basically on like, like threat finance, basically, like, how is this specific group of people getting all their money? Mm -hmm. And he's like, he's like 10 minutes into it. And this fucking of commander, who's a lieutenant colonel, who's just like, very clearly eyes are glazing over on the other side of this VTC who doesn't realize that he's hot micing just goes oh my god it's like watching fucking paint dry (laughs) everybody can hear it there's a three star who's just like well i think it's a pretty interesting brief and the dude was you can see the 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 j2 who's just furious at this guy dude
1: you you gotta make you gotta make notes to remind me because i have uh i have a story about my platoon sergeant basically calling our fucking chain of command pussies on tax so all of rc north heard that (laughs) <laughs> and then I had a retarded fucking gunner on my first deployment. That hot mic Italian saying that his wife likes to chew on his foreskin. <laughs> like, dude, well, like yeah, if you if we if we do this again, I need to write it all down so I can remember. Like the sort dude. I have so many. And then like another one of fucking um, Chauncey that I was talking about, dude, of getting attacked by a dog, fucking killing this dog like basically with his bare hands. And then firing an AT-4 into a fucking mosque that had a PK gunner in it. And then throwing the fucking AT-4 down and screaming into his mic all day, baby. And I look over and I see him dancing. <laughs> He's just doing a touchdown dance after nope. crushing <laughs> a
0: mosque with a HEDP round.
1: Dude, this is a firefight where we got horseshoed and we went black on ammo. And it took QRF three hours to get to us. And we had F-15s bombing people. And this all is also a firefight. Dude. So, I was shooting it out with that PK gunner and it suddenly exploded, and it was just pieces of gun and just like red mist coming out the fucking window. And they yeah, got here all day, baby. And I'm like looking around, dude, and I see him dancing and his legs like bleeding everywhere because this fucking dog tried to kill him. Like, dude, this guy was fucking insane. Holy and shit. then that, that same firefight was the story I think I told y'all before where the mortars killed the horse.
0: No, I've never no. heard this.
1: So, like, I mean, I could tell it now, or we could save it. It doesn't matter, but...
0: now let's go for it.
1: So, uh, like, do we are scrapping. Like, I need to get a hard drive reader, because I have the videos on my laptop. Like, we're fucking scrapping, dude. Like, over 100 Taliban fighters, it, it's called Layla Maiden Bridge, and literally our job was to see if the bridge was uh, feasible to cross, you know, like, MRAPs and stuff. and uh, But when we got there, it was a Taliban stronghold. So we literally were getting horseshoed in, like getting shot to fucking pieces like we're black on ammo basically and uh, so finally qrf shows up and they bring you know some of the fucking mortar guys with them and uh so i'm under a tree and my vehicle's covered in tree branches because the rpk gunner i was shooting it out with or pkm gunner or whatever he was was hitting too high and he was basically killing the tree i was under so i have branches all over me and i'm trying to fucking throw them off and stuff well the mortars come up because i'm the first vehicle and they're like, hey, man, where do you need us? And I was like, look, dude, I was like, I'll fucking, I was like, watch my tracers. I was like, I'm going to mark it. I was like, just kill this fucking building, dude. You know, I'm shooting, they're like, yeah, yeah, we see it, man. Well, they're under the tree. And they're like, getting set up and stuff. I was like, hey, man. I was like, how about that fucking overhang? And they're like, oh. <laughs> they're like, oh, 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 You know, and they like, you know, they run off to the fucking side. You know, they're not under a tree now. I'm like, all right, fuck yeah, man. I was like, y'all still see it? They're like, yeah, 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 we're good, man, we're good. You know, so I resume, you know, fuck shooting at people,
0: as and, these guys uh, were about to kill you with a sixty
1: millimeter <laughs> mortar. So, well, yeah, right. Well, they were going to kill that fucking what was left of the tree. You know, I'm kind of shooting some rounds back, and I have a one four five, so I can spot. You know what I mean? So, like, Are you on a two forty? Yeah, I had a two forty, and I was on a, and I had a, uh, you know, LK on one four five on it. Those huge bitty fucking ones. And it was like
0: a three and a half by or something yeah. like that.
1: Yeah. So it like you know it zooms in as good as binos. And uh, so, you know, I'm kind of shooting where I want them to drop the fucking mortar, you know, and I hear, you know, the fucking round out, you know, I'm sitting watching, 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 you know, and then I hear the fucking splash and then I'm like, OK, I don't see anything. You know, it's like, uh, I was like, I don't think you guys fucking hit it, man. You know, and I jump off the one four five and I look and I can see the dust cloud. This shit's like, dude, maybe like half a mile to the fucking right. <laughs> so there was a horse tied to a tree in the middle of a fucking field. They oh, no. took one round out and hit that fucking horse, dude, with that one <laughs> round. It so there blew- a
0: grievous miscommunication as to what they were supposed to be
1: shooting at. It blew it to shit. Blew it to fucking shit. <laughs> and I was, like, looking, and I'm like... I was like, I'm left, like, half a fucking mile, dude. And they're like, all right! And I'm like, okay, yeah, all right, maybe they're on now, you know? And they fucking... And they do. They end up, they fucking fire a couple more mortars, dude, and they hit the fucking house I'm shooting at, so, I mean... That was what I was saying, like, I possibly got a mortar kill. So, Well, you killed a horse. Dude, one shot. I mean, granted, they missed their target by half a mile, but they fucking smoked this horse that's just trying to mind his own business tied to a tree, dude. So, I mean, it was probably a Taliban horse, so fuck them. <laughs> but that's the same mission, too, where my platoon sergeant called our chain of command a bunch of pussies on taxex. We were talking to the F-15 pilot because she was fucking doing gun runs and shit for us. There were so many bad guys, like you know, everyone could see them crawling over there, and we actually ended up meeting all those guys that we fought because towards the end of our deployment, they ended up defecting, and we went to a peace meeting like with them, and when we were all hanging out pulling security, you know, all these fucking and this reminds me too, I actually did a mission alongside to fight the Taliban. I'll have to tell you about someday, <laughs> and uh, so these guys are defecting. And one of them comes over, is talking to the terp, like, "Hey, you know, were you guys, were you guys at Layla Maiden, you know, on this date?" And we we're like, "Yeah." And they're like, "That was us." And we're like, "No shit, man." We're like, "That was us." And they're like, "Yeah." They're like, "Yeah, we tried to kill each other, yeah." And I was like, well ask him how many of them we got, you know." And he's like, "Oh, you get, oh, you didn't kill none of us." And I was like, "Okay, asshole." I was like, "I bet we fucking didn't, you know."
0: We killed your fucking horse.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, we got your horse at least, motherfucker. So but uh man fucking wild
2: so one thing that we want to do with this this podcast is the um on target and inebriated cool guy of the week who who would you like to uh to nominate cool guy of the week cool guy of the week for
0: for reference if if you've ever listened to painkiller already they do something similar um and and the idea with this is just like oh yeah florida man was Mm -hmm. arrested for exposing himself to a bus fill of of Mormons <laughs> and was later arrested after running around them mall, shitting and pissing everywhere.
2: Cool guy of the week uh, cool guy of the week. Chauncey oh. handing you uh, ammo and then doing the robot away in the middle of a <laughs> firefight. Sounds like cool guy of the week material to me.
1: Uh, OK, so this isn't going to be politically correct. So I'm not going to say the city I fucking work for or anything, but this correct. fucking oh boy. This uh fucking Mexican dude was getting attacked and I saw it get posted on the local news or whatever the fuck, dude. Just gets like attacked by this fucking d- <laughs> fucking walk-up <laughs> on a dude. Drops the fat bitch, dude, in Chipotle. And just dumps her. Just yeah. dumps her. I'm like, people forget it's 2023, we're equals, bitch. And like, dude, you can't fuck around with that. Fa- <laughs> <laughs> dude she's yelling you know all kinds of racist shit at him you know obviously and like he's he's trying to like fend her off to she's swinging swinging and dude just gets fucking shit on like so i'll have to I'll have to find the video um the local news like posted or whatever for my city but um did it so remind me
0: this hispanic gentleman is your cool guy of the week
1: either him dude or the f-22 pilot that killed the fucking winnie the Pooh. oh woman. yeah
2: <laughs> world's first confirmed balloon kill within the Aim 9 and F-22 I'm still... I don't know
0: what the I don't know what he locked on to but there was something hot up there yeah dude
1: like you know and like if the, the only thing is is if you know if that black girl she just used what Voda taught her you know she would have won that fight <laughs>
0: <laughs> what was your theory on Voda
1: oh so oh dude Voda like he's fucking I don't even want to say the name to even give him credit but like dude he's a fucking Oh, my God. Like, did the CIA sold crack to them? And they're like, all right, they're starting to kind of recover from that. So let's invent something else. Like what? a What's happening? They're getting shot a lot. OK, well, let's teach them how to incorrectly use firearms. That'll fucking help. So. Wow. It's,
0: all right. Uh, so I'm looking at I'm looking at my notes right here for the last five minutes. I just have liberal beeping. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: that's that's going to be fucking awesome. Yeah, I really. I really didn't go down a fucking tirade or anything tonight. I'm kind of more sobered uh, it, up. But it's
2: the first one.
1: That's all right. That's what we, we got.
2: We got you warmed make, up.
1: Make notes, dude, of all the things I brought up, Max. My memory's terrible, and like, if you make these notes and remind me, like, dude, I will tell you.
0: Fantastic. Uh, I'm gonna make sure to. Uh... Man, we, we, we need more dumb shit to do on a weekly basis. Oh, let's do let's do a quick little plug, I guess. This, this podcast is sponsored by Mo Guns. Go buy yourself a, a cool hoodie. <laughs> Go buy yourself some neat shit. Yeah, dude. Derek, you got anything cool coming out in the near future?
2: Um, nothing that we can talk about yet.
0: Gotcha. Do you have anything cool that has recently come out that you're trying to get rid of?
2: Uh, we got Buy our jackets, please. Please, I, <laughs> I need to pay rent. Please buy our jackets.
1: Those those new windbreakers yeah. look pretty cool. Yeah, those. Yeah, there's one thing I learned from bowguns that using your neighbor or other people to bore sight your rifle is a okay. It's fucking badass.
0: <laughs> oh man, that you did a podcast with a uh, with Fred from Cannon Q recently, and you were talking about how your your experience over at a over at Shot Show was was one to be remembered. I suppose.
2: Yes. Yeah. It, it, you? you could say it turned some heads
1: did you get shared by Brandon herrera with your alec baldwin stuff yep that's awesome i don't even know why he's famous or anything but i mean that's cool he's got a lot of viewers so yeah i
2: like brandon i've known him for a minute Cool. i think the
0: more interesting part of that was more so that you had the fbi called on you because people were terrified the feds show up
2: um there seemed chill uh but they said that there's um not not just a few like reports that I was going to be, uh, you know, and I was an imminent threat is what they thought um, or what he described it as. But he said hundreds of reports due to that post <laughs> that I was an so imminent that's threat. That's what like
0: what? Like 1.5 million views on yeah. Twitter alone. Yeah. Or it like
2: got, that. it got over a million views on Twitter and uh, outside of like 20 of them were actual people that got the joke. Everyone else yeah. was very upset.
1: Yeah, I fucking oh Jesus Christ I brought up like you know somebody told me that my, <laughs> that note my facebook there. page was a uh, ode to sociopathy or whatever dude so I had to like have that as my cover photo for a long time on my fucking uh your page.
0: Your, your facebook is is if you go derek i recommend you go back through uh through john's which is the first time i've said it correctly i'm not gonna have to bleep it out go through his facebook and just take a look at the old cover photos and uh and profile pictures
1: because from his are, internet
2: terrorist days
0: they yeah, i was they were evil maxing well, uh, to, I,
1: I had to delete a lot for my job like dude i was you'll you'll see more it, you'll see it come out you'll <laughs> see it come out the more we talk like i was i'm very fucking mild tonight so can I just wow. straightforward talking? Like, we haven't even gotten into my shitty worldviews or anything.
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, I can't wait.
1: Oh, man. It was. Absolutely. Oh, man. I caused so much fucking butt hurt back in the day, dude. People just. Absolutely. Like, I, hunting. Like, I created a Sharon Tate profile and I joined a Marilyn Manson group or a Marilyn Manson, Charles Manson group. Dude, that was fucking. I legitimately got nervous when I did that shit. Like, I was getting death threats. Like, people telling me they were going to find me and hunt me down. <laughs> as you know oh charles manson you know you know here's you know charlie's up for appeal again you know this spec before he died and then i would like post out if i have anything to say about it you know like under sharon tate you know and people just like <laughs> what you, got, you fucking bitch you know like all this stuff and i was like, it was like and, it, and of course it's the most white trash fucking people you could possibly yeah, who's imagine.
2: in a Marilyn manson facebook group unironically to begin with
1: yeah. charles, charles manson yeah yeah Dude, and it's like that's i don't know man i hate to like say things that are you know super uh what's the word i'm looking for offensive because i'm not offensive person but what what is it with white women and serial killers dude they fucking love them
2: oh yeah it it's something about their lizard brain that that they just love a fucking serial killer documentary before
1: before anybody calls me a fucking Dated a white woman since 2016. <laughs> go fuck yourself. All
0: right. Let's add a note here. Yeah. More liberal <laughs> beeping. Yeah. Uh, we're going to get some absolutely right. liberal right. use out of my beeping sound clip on. A, wrap, on wrap this, this first this one up before Ian has to spend two weeks censoring.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah yep, yeah.
0: absolutely. Uh, we've got a fucking flight to catch tomorrow as well, so this is going to take a little while to get edited. But, yep. Uh, this first episode of On Target Inebriated. Uh, with our with our guest John, who's going to be heavily modulated and redacted, um, <laughs> and hopefully a regular. Uh, so much, hopefully a regular. Absolutely, um, we're going to have some more interesting guys coming on. Obviously, I can't say who we're going to be having coming on, but we've got some some heavy hitters that we're going to have modulated, and uh, it's going to be some interesting stories to say the least. Um, again, podcast sponsored by MoGuns. and
1: all right. so all ban right, man, Let's- ban the ATF, don't pay your taxes because.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's out <laughs> a note right there. All right. Uh yeah, absolutely. Good, good, good talk, guys.